But I mean, liposuction below the knee is problematic. So A, it doesn't often give great results. B, it can actually then lead to lymphedema. It's, it's quite painful. Um, and because it's an area of really tight skin, you, you can get some skin irregularities and contour irregularities. Hey Refam, my name's Kate and welcome back to Keeping It Real, the podcast helping differentiate two medical conditions that sound confusingly similar. This week we're tackling lipedema and lymphedema, two very different conditions with a variety of causations from congenital to being the result of a surgical complication. To help with this very important differentiation, we've welcomed Richard and Kim today. We're going to talk about lymphedema and lipedemas. Wow. Um, so what exactly are they and what's the difference between the two? Okay, so lymphedema is a condition, it's generally of a limb, so of a lower leg or of the arm, where the lymphatic fluid doesn't return back normally. Um, so when blood goes, let's just say, into your arm, so it goes through your armpit, um, blood goes out, blood comes back, but there's some fluid that kind of leaks out on the way. And so there's lymphatic channels all the way up your arm um, that go through lymph glands around your elbow and your armpit um, to filter out various other things. So that's a normal process. And the, the abnormal process is where the lymph, so that's the extra fluid, doesn't return back. Um, so lipedema then is a similar but different condition, more commonly of the lower limbs in women, where it's probably uh, some hereditary or genetic type of thing where there is excess fat that is out of proportion to the rest of their body um, and there's different grades of it and it's quite you can actually see someone that's got a very very slim torso mm -hmm. and huge like say size 8 on the top mm -hmm. and size 20 on the bottom from their hips down oh, wow. so a lot of these women start out a little bit out of proportion but can it can progress and there are a few distinctive features of it like they often have normal size feet um, and then there's like a tight it's almost like they've got a tracky pants that are tied at the bottom around mm -hmm. their ankles. So that's one of the quite distinctive features of it. Oh, right. And lipedema, those patients often complain of um, discomfort and pain in their areas as well, mm -hmm. which lymphedema tends to be a, it's a heaviness um, because they've got extra fluid in their limbs so it feels heavier. And it's lymphedema would more commonly be just on one side than the other, whereas Lipidine would often be both sides. Gotcha. But for those playing at home, mm -hmm. lymphedema would usually involve the hand and the foot. Mm -hmm. And also when you push down on the skin, it'll leave an imprint, uh -huh. which slowly fills back. Whereas lipoedema will tend to not involve the hand and foot. And if you press down on the area that's swollen – it won't cause an imprint. Right. Okay. So is lymph extra fluid? Is that what that is? Yes. So your lymph Which is nodes are yeah. where it goes through? Yeah. So that's a normal thing that the lymph, the extra fluid yeah. kind of leaks out and then returns its way back okay. to the home. 
Um, so that's a normal process in the body, and you get lymphedema when that doesn't return back to normal. Fascinating. Okay, um, what causes both of those things? So lymphedema, general, as it can be congenital, as as Kim said, but probably the more common scenario is where there's been some surgical interruption. So the most common scenario is in breast cancer if women have had to have what's called an axillary dissection. So the lymph nodes taken out of the armpit because the cancer spread there. Um, it, we tend to now do, not that we do it, but it, it, there tends to be a more limited operation now. And, and if, if the lymph nodes are positive, it's treated in a slightly different way. So for, say, breast cancer or melanoma or various other conditions. So there's... But the lymph nodes have been removed, so some of those channels that Kim was talking about, they've been removed. So right, right, right. that that fluid can't return back into the circulation. Okay, lipoedema I think is less well understood, um, and and so no one really knows why the fat accumulates in those areas. But it it, it can sort of like look similar, say around the ankle, um, but the the lymphedema would more likely include the foot and the lipedema would be more above the ankle. There's a couple of other interesting causes of lymphedema too, like mm. snake uh, – no, sorry, spider bites, um, weird infections can um, that get into the lymph nodes can then block them off. Um, probably 20 years ago I could rattle off a whole list of these. Well, I think it's just anything really that interferes with these lymphatic channels, which have like they're very, very small and um, uh, fragile. And so any sort of inflammation um, potentially could block them off and and disrupt the flow back into the circulation. So is is lipedema typically um Bo- like bottom of the body, like you, w- yeah, you wouldn't have it. Like, I, I think I have seen a couple of um, women that have had it in their arms as well. But it is, you know, the vast majority of lower limbs. So it sort of kind of starts from the waist down and can have gotcha. really, really wide hips. Yeah, and I feel like generally, I can see it in my head. Yeah, and generally in um, women and not men. When will it end? <laughs> I, th- I think the the problem is there's there's, there's an overlap between people who are who are overweight um, and also, and then people who have lipoedema. Yeah, absolutely. And and there are a lo- there are a number of patients with severe lipoedema that are also overweight, but there are mm. a number that are you know, on the slimmer end and they they're grossly out of proportion. Mm. And so other than them being women, is there a certain type of person who's typical to get it like is it age specific or not that I'm aware of. No, I think it's it's just genetics, sadly. Okay, and then obviously lymphedema wouldn't have a person because it's surgical. Um, well, it can be conge- congenital, so can, you can oh, be true. born with it. Okay, and so lymphedema can be congenital, and is there a kind of person again, or is it that's no, just luck, so. of yeah, luck, bad, of bad luck of All the right. draw? Bad luck of the draw. Bad luck of the draw. Okay, can you cure either of them? Great question. And this this might be a future uh, podcast because there is sort of a world expert really here in Melbourne for lymphedema. 
and what they do is under a microscope reconnect these lymphatic channels which are sort of the size of a hair and reconnect them into veins so that the fluid drains back into the circulation wow so it's pretty cool stuff like people have done done it for years but there is one of our colleagues in melbourne who has sort of made this his life's work um and i'm going to do my best to get him on the podcast to to talk about what he's doing because yeah it is very interesting I, I think he's also treating quite a lot of lipoedema patients at the moment as well because of there's sort of you know there's some degree of overlap and um that both patients can be treated with some liposuction and things oh as well. really mm. oh fascinating but i mean liposuction below the knee is problematic so mm. a it 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 doesn't often give great results. B, it can actually then lead to lymphedema because oh, in doing the liposuction, right. you're disrupting some of the lymphatics and causes those problems. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite painful. Um, and because it's an area of really tight skin, you often get sort of really um, – you, you can get some skin irregularities and contour irregularities. So it, it's it's not an easy treatment. I, I think both of us tend not to do – liposuction below the knee the other issue is deep vein thrombosis so you know you're operating around the the below the knee and that can cause problems with venous drainage and then lead to dvts and some other more serious complications from there right so um kim can you cure lipedema or is that is it just more no, i don't think it's a i don't think there's a cure um i think there are treatments um yeah. and depending on the severity um, ranging from liposuction alone to liposuction skin and removal. And I have I have treated a few patients in the past, um, but I think most patients with pretty severe lipoedema are now going to <laughs> said colleague. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and also because uh, I would, as Richard just said, be reluctant to do much liposuction. I would do a small amount of liposuction around someone's knee, um, but, yeah, extensive lower lower leg liposuction super risky um because as rich was saying dvt so when we do any other operations above the knee patients have stockings called ted stockings on their below their knees which help decrease dvt and we also put um special little massage devices on um which help move the blood flow around when a patient's asleep because obviously they can't move their muscles and they can't move that blood around. So the risk of clots is um, reasonably high. So we do all those preventative things. Um, and so if you're then doing extensive surgery on that area, you can't use those devices. Right, so you've got a double, um, you know, a double whammy. Will either of them go away with weight loss? Does that contribute at all? I think lipoedema would be improved somewhat with weight loss. But as Kim said, sometimes... Above the knee, they're totally normal body weight. So in that situation... Or above the waist as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. uh, so in that situation, probably losing weight is not going to make a huge difference. Um, so, yeah, th- th- there's not a lot of... Tr- it is quite sort of a, a difficult condition to, 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 to manage because the treatment options aren't great. Yeah, right. And lymphedema, no, um, because it's not not related to weight at all. Mm. Um, there are lots of treatments for lymphedema. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard mentioned the 
surgical treatment, but there's most patients actually manage with non-surgical treatments. So wearing compression garments, mm. um, lymphatic massage, which which does actually work. Not for cellulite, but patients, it is for but lymph nodes. Yeah. yeah, so... But, um, yeah, <laughs> com- compression garments certainly compression for garments. lymphedema yeah. would help. Um, and th- those patients wear them, like... Day and night, winter and summer, like and heavy compression. So you know, some of our patients complain about wearing those Ted stocks, Ted stockings that we're talking about. That they're actually not particularly not super compressive mm-hmm. compared to these custom made garments that yeah. are, you know, take you know, a long time to put on and are really really quite tight. And the massage, the the. Um, Therapists um, and the experts that do the massage are, are really quite specialised in those areas. Mm, right. um, so, yeah, it's not just a regular massage. It's going to help. It's a I also saw there was um, something about avoiding foods. Do you know anything on that? No, I don't know. I, would I salt make it different? To, like having a high salt diet, would that make you more – tend to retain fluid more? Yeah, uh, quite possibly. But, uh, yeah. But th- that would be more for lymphedema than lipoedema. Mm. I think I, I think any dietary changes might help more with lymphedema. Mm-hmm. But yeah, probably you, you're sort of flirting around the edges. I'm not sure you're going to make a huge difference. Yeah, right. Anything else you want to talk about with lymphedema or lipoedema? I mean, I, I think what what I'd say about lymphedema mm-hmm. is that some of our surgical techniques have changed over the last 20 years so so one big change was what a, a procedure called central node biopsy which kim and i both did with in relation to melanoma um where it was actually quite a interesting technique so you you would inject um around where you're cutting a melanoma out and you'd inject it with a radioactive fluid mm-hmm. around the the melanoma and the theory being that if sorry, you'd cut out the melanoma and no, then so before you cut it out, oh. so you knew it was a melanoma, so you'd done a biopsy, and then before you'd cut it out, you'd inject it with a blue dye uh-huh. and a a, a radioactive and and the radiologist had injected it with a with a radioactive substance. So okay. you would then go into theatre and you would go say to the armpit where the lymph mm-hmm. node was whichever was the draining area yeah. and the radiologist would have identified which was the area mm-hmm. before theater and you'd actually have essentially a geiger counter which would like detect and for everyone playing at home what exactly is a geiger counter like detects radioactive material oh duh like seriously <laughs> and it beats like it goes like crazy <laughs> beeping when it no, gets close to it uh, oh, let yeah. me imitate the sound <laughs> So it's like connecting broadband. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you would inject around the area with a blue dye. Mm-hmm. So uh, then you'd cut out the melanoma mm-hmm. and the blue dye and the radioactive material track back to the lymph nodes mm-hmm. that you would think if melanoma was going to spread, that that's where it would go to because right. you've injected the, in the tissues around it. So you want the first node that it's going to go to. Okay. Called the sentinel node. So it's a sentinel node biopsy. And how do they stop it at that one node? Instead so of what we would do then is is we'd use the this little machine which mm-hmm. identified the the radioactivity mm-hmm. and you'd make a cut directly over where that was and then you'd dissect and in th- 
in the operation you had a sterile probe mm -hmm. and you'd just probe it around and you'd actually get a sound right and then you'd find the lymph node which would turn blue from the blue dye which you'd also so you could actually visually see it mm -hmm. and you'd just remove that one lymph node whereas previously like surgeons would go and just take out all of those lymph nodes right. and hope that they would get hope if get there was going to be melanoma or breast cancer in it yeah, in okay. the one, but it would be a random. Whereas, yeah, these are so like this would the one if it's the first drainage. Got you. Correct. And, and then so that helps with the, the lymphedema. High, high well, radiation. It would, rid of unnecessary well, what it would do is you'd have the one lymph node, which is the most likely lymph node. Mm -hmm. If that was negative, there was then no need to remove all of the other lymph nodes. Okay. If that was positive, then you might discuss maybe radiotherapy or going on and removing all of the lymph nodes. But you're not just um, removing all the lymph nodes in all the patients who've had melanoma, and they do the same with breast cancer as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So it's much more targeted, uh -huh. and so it's reduced the number of, say, you know, axillary dissections, groin dissections, neck dissections, where you take all the lymph nodes out, which is kind of a shame because all very cool operations, but much better for patients because <laughs> less morbidity. You can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> But it's quite cool when you've got the node out and you put it, yeah. Yeah. it's outside of the patient and it's bright blue and then you put the Geiger counter on there and it goes mental and then you put the Geiger counter back, back into in the it. armpit and, and it's, it's like silent. silent. So you're like, we got the guy. We got him. Oh, that's, that's so cool. The guy or girl. Like. It's a guy get counter. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to be feminist one time. <laughs> That's really, really cool. That was actually a very – the, the uh, sentinel node biopsy was actually a really mm. cool operation and it's interesting in that it's it's actually an operation that came into vogue in, in our lifetime. So mm. early in our training, everyone was just having a lymph node dissection, which mm. is a really big operation, a lot of morbidity, which we've talked yeah. about. Um, you know, long time in hospital, long recovery, all Drain these things. Ranges for ceramics, everything. Forever. To doing this really, really targeted procedure where you mm -hmm. just take out one little lymph node, which um, you know you sort of think, well, you've injected around that area, uh, and if it's a breast lump, you inject around the breast lump, mm -hmm. and and so for, for everyone at home, you sort of okay, those cells if they're um, cancer cells we're injecting in that same area so it's kind of like it's going to retrace the steps of where the cancer would spread to um i think that's really really fascinating for sometimes you guys say stories and i'm like see i don't know what to ask because you have really good things but you don't know that it's interesting because yeah. you do it all the time yeah and i'm like oh there's nothing we can say about that but actually yeah, we know yeah. we a little bit more than we thought we did so cool If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you have a flick through our past episodes? We'd love to hear your requests for future topics, so send your suggestions through to us on IG at Replastic Surgery. That's all for today, and we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery.